Today's episode of His Hands, His Feet podcast is brought to you by Stand Up 8. Stand Up 8 is a nonprofit program dedicated to empowering adoptive families for immediate and lasting change by providing trauma-informed behavior management intervention in their homes. And that's a key phrase, that last one, in their homes. So much of very needed and helpful counseling and support is done in an office setting or in a group setting, but Stand Up 8 fills in a gap that is there to where they will come and spend time with you and your family as an adoptive family in your home and help you to apply connected parenting and trauma-informed behavior management type of work in your home. And so I encourage you, if you're in the greater Austin area, to check out Stand Up 8 at standup8atx.org. That is, 8 is spelled out. So again, standup8atx.org. If you're in the greater Austin area and you're an adoptive family who find yourselves needing or wanting some support, some great professional help that can come alongside you and your family. And if you mention them, if you do reach out to them and want to employ their services, mention my name, Kenneth Camp, and they will give you 50% off their first month's fee. Also, if you're in the greater Austin area, and this is time sensitive, on February 6, 2018, from 6 to 8.30 p.m., you can register and be a part of Stand Up 8's first annual Friends Raiser be a great opportunity to get to know Jen Reichert and Becky Wicks with Stand Up 8 and also many others who are part of supporting their organization in a very fun environment. It'll be at the Roosevelt Room in downtown Austin. So again, if you want to check that out, simply go to my website, kennethacamp.com slash episode 40, and I'll have the link to their registration page for their first annual friend raiser on February 6, 2018. So thanks again, Stand Up 8, for bringing this episode of His Hands, His Feet podcast. And yes, I am your host, Kenneth Camp. You know, we all need a family to be the best that we can be. You know, I had lunch today with a friend of mine who adopted, he and his wife adopted their daughter from Ethiopia, from a orphanage in Ethiopia, when she was about two years old. So obviously she had been in this orphanage for a couple of years, maybe. I'm not sure exactly when she was placed there. But he told me a story that I've heard other families tell that have adopted children from an orphanage-type setting if the child had been in that institution for a while. That is, they had to teach their daughter how to cry. How to cry whenever she was hurt physically. Because what she would do, she would just kind of sit there and have no emotional response at all and definitely would not come to them for any kind of comfort when she was hurt. And it's a sad story, but it's a common story in that a child that's in an institutional setting like that learns to not cry because when they did when they were a baby and they were hurt or hungry or needed changed or whatever the the reason be that nobody would come. And so they would just learn to not cry. And they tell also an amazing story that over this past year that they have had their daughter with them, that she has learned how to cry and how that's a bittersweet thing, that one that she didn't know how to, but now that she's learning that if she cries that or gets hurt, that it is okay to cry because someone will comfort her. And that is such a good thing. 
that's one reason why we need to have a family to help us to be the best that we can be. We need to have a mother and a father who will comfort us, who will connect with us at a deep, deep level, who will be there for us when we need them. As the circle of security model teaches us, that is bigger and stronger and more capable and will be there with helping hands to hold us and also to encourage us and to push us out into the world in a gentle way when we need to be. Such a beautiful illustration and a beautiful story. You know, one thing that Danielle and I learned when we were taking some Empower to Connect classes and being trained as trainers for Empower to Connect principles or TBRI principles was just this visual of taking your two fingers, your pointer finger and your middle finger, and holding them up like in a peace sign. We do this all the time in our family. You know, our son now is little bit over seven years old and has been with us since he was eight months old and and he he does this even back with me when he feels the need to check in with me as much as I'll do it with him and in fact Daniel and I'll do it with each other in our relationship and this is what it is you hold it up and you say okay we're how are we how are you and me doing are we like this and we'll hold the fingers spread apart like a peace sign which means we're not doing really good at all or are we like this, and we'll put our fingers side by side, which is better. You know, we're not totally disconnected, but we're not side by side, but we could be doing better. And, and the be- better is where you take your fingers and you cross them, you know, crossing the, those two fingers over, and that's the best. That's where we are really connected, you know, we've gotten things back on track. So we do that. We do that in our family a lot, and I appreciated that visual that we learned through Empower to Connect training. Again, just the other day, my son came to me and said, how are we doing, Dad? And he said, are we like this? And I said, no, no, buddy, we're like this. And and we'd had a kind of a fallen out misunderstanding earlier in the day, but we learned that it's important for us to get back on the same track. And again, that right there is another example of how important it is and how we all need a family to help us to be the best that we can be. I wanted to take some time today and just go through some reminders of some things that I think is important for us as foster and adoptive parents. And and if you've been in this world for a while, these are, again, just reminders. But I want to touch on these because I think it's so important. And maybe it's more for me than you. Maybe it's what you need to hear today. So would you help me remind myself as you listen through some of these? And I would love to get feedback from you. If you would, leave in a comment or reaching out to me via email or social media. I would love to interact with you and be an encouragement to one another. But these are things that I think help us and help our child help them heal from the trauma that they've experienced in their lives. And when we can apply these things, it helps them heal. But one is just simply remembering to slow life down. It's so easy for us to think that we can do everything and we try to do everything, especially in our culture. But the fact is that the kids that we bring into our homes, they really do need more than just a roof over their head and food in their stomachs. They need us. They need us. They need us to operate as a family. We need our time, time where we have the ability to just sit and listen or to connect, to comfort when we need to comfort Time to build that trust that is probably lacking if they come to us from years of being neglected or abandoned or abused. None of us can bend the rule of time. It's 24 hours for every one of us in a day. And we cannot be in two places at one time. 
So when we make the decision to foster a child or adopt a child, we continually need to remind ourselves that we need to slow lives down. At first, it may be real intentional when they're first placed in our home and out of necessity. And then, yes, there's maybe that's just for a season and then it ebbs and flows after that. I think there will always be seasons where we need to slow it down and make sure that we're doing a good job of being a family and being a family where we have time to help our kids heal. You know, another thing to remind ourselves is that it's so important that we keep learning. You know, one reason I continue to stay involved in the foster and adoption community, other than it's just a passion, is so that I can keep learning from others. I learn from hearing other people's stories and how they handle things in their own families and what they have learned. I read. I reread things. In fact, right now I'm I'm rereading a book, The Out of Sync Child, that talks about what uh, sensory processing development looks like and how it can be a challenge for a lot of kids. I highly recommend that book, by the way, if you've never read it. I listen. I watch webinars. I attend conferences. In fact, I'm going to a conference, a two-day conference or class this Friday and Saturday about more insight on trauma-informed caregiving. Sometimes it's the second or third time I hear something or read something that is the right time for me to hear it and apply it. The first I read Connected Child by Karen Purvis was before we'd even completed our foster care training. And I learned a lot, but it was the second and the third and the fourth time that I read through that book after we had our son placed with us that I really learned the principles. So keep learning. Another one is getting counsel. I don't know, maybe this is a guy thing, but a lot of times we have that attitude of, hey, I got this, but counsel comes in many different forms. And for me, the number one is my wife, being able to go through this journey together and us talking and learning from one another. And she teaches me a lot because of her different perspective on things. Allowing that to, to come into my life is so important. And peers, those that are going through a similar journey, they're in the trenches and have children in their home as well that come from a hard place. I can learn so much from them when I interact and spend time and then do life as much as possible with them. I can learn from them. But also peers who don't have a child in their home that comes from a, from a uh, hard place or from a trauma background, I can learn from them as well because they help keep me a balanced perspective on life. And then, of course, professional. Professional counseling comes in a lot of different forms as well. It may be... Um, through reading a book written by a professional counselor or being part of a webinar that one puts on that's online or meeting with them on an individual one-on-one basis. All these ways are ways that we can allow a professional counselor to invest and pour into our lives. Don't be afraid to get counsel. In fact, you can even reach out to me if you want, if you feel safe talking to me, whether we know each other personally or not. I would love to interact with you and hear what's going on in your life. And and um, if, if I can be of any counsel to you, I would embrace that and would appreciate hearing from you. And then another one is just simply remember to take care of ourselves. Sometimes we do need to slow life down, and it's not just to help our children heal, but sometimes we need to take a little bit of a, a time to recreate, to retreat, and allow our tanks to be refilled And so that's important. We need to eat right and rest and make sure we're exercising. All those kind of things that help us be the best that we can be as a mother and or father to our children who need us. 
And then another one is similar to what I was talking about a while ago with the whole visual with the fingers, and that's just practicing forgiveness. Sometimes we need to do that visual with our fingers to, to ask our children, you know, hey, how are we doing? Where are we on this? And sometimes we need, may need to practice forgiveness with our child. In our home, man, that is a common thing that happens around here. I ask my son for forgiveness often. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I know asking for forgiveness is a good thing. I don't know if the frequency I have to ask for forgiveness is a good thing or not. But I tell you one thing, if he's learning anything, it's how to be, how to put it, owning the mistakes that we make and communicating whenever we're wrong so that we can make things right and asking for forgiveness. He's definitely learning that. And one thing that you may not have to do is is be forgiving to yourself. You know, I think every parent has a tendency to be hard on themselves in the parental shortcomings that we all have and, and times that we mess up. And so avoid coming down too hard on yourself and learn not only to forgive your child, but also yourself, I think is important as well. And then I just want to encourage you, if you are a veteran at Connected Parenting Principles or you're brand new to it, is to continually immerse yourself in the principles of connecting with your child, empowering your child, and then correcting your child after, or at least have those other things be a part of the correcting part of your relationship. That is connecting with them and empowering them. And, you know, I think that's something that we never can learn enough of. And and part of that reason is, is because our children continually change. And what may be a way that you can connect with them when they are three, four, or five years old is going to look totally different when they're 12, 13, 14 years old. And also what empowers them at, at those different ages as well. And then also how we correct them definitely is different as time goes on. And that just helps us as a family be the best that we can. So I hope you guys are doing well. And again, I want to encourage you to reach out to me if you ever want to talk through something or bounce some ideas off of me. Or if you're in a part of the, of the country in the U.S. or even internationally where you don't have the support for parenting a child from a hard place, I would love to help you, especially if you're in that situation, any way that I can. So, again, reach out to me in the comment section via email or social media would be great. And going back to the whole thing with uh, Stand Up 8, if you, again, want to get their contact information, and just go to my website, kennethacamp.com slash episode 40, and you'll find it there in the show notes for this podcast episode. So thank you for joining me on this podcast episode of His Hands, His Feet.